Hello, everyone. I'm Contessa of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE NXT War Games. John, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing, I'd say, average. How are you doing? I'm sad. I'm sad, John. We're, we're going to try and be positive for about the main event, um, but I, I'm pretty sad. Uh, it was definitely, as expected, not, not caught by surprise or anything and this is what we're talking about for weeks now but to see it come to come to reality here uh it was a pretty pretty rough one so uh with that being said before, before we get into it i just want to remind you all this show like, like everything we do here is available on all of our uh, streaming platforms or at SoundCloud, spotify youtube our podcast whatever it may be we've got you covered so john we had war games tonight and it started it started with the women's war games match now this was I thought this was a very good match, and then here I am, scrolling through Twitter, kind of namely afterwards, and I saw a lot of people criticizing this one, but I thought this was a good match. She had a great breakout moment, well, breakout match with Cora Jade. She pinned uh, Jason Jane to get the win here. It was a hard-fought match. This was very much in line with what we've come to expect from just NXT women's Warriors matches in general, Warriors matches in general. I thought it was very, very good. I thought everyone looked great, but I saw some people criticizing the booking and the, and the overall flow and structure. What, what are you thinking about this one? Uh, I did think at times the match kind of felt like it was all over the place. Uh, I definitely would want to reiterate that I agree with a lot of the fans when they said that some of these spots looked poorly planned led to some awkward moments where it appeared that women were standing or laying in specific spots waiting for certain things to happen. Uh, of course, uh, there was a genuinely scary bump. Uh, it was a spot with Jade. Uh, people were, uh, I don't know, it's just she appeared to be fine. She sold the bump like a pro. Uh, the, the shoulder thing with Eo like, popping the shoulder back into place, like, what, what What was that? Like, was that just on the, was that on the spot? Was that a fake? Was it? I don't know what what happened there, but uh, it, it definitely felt like some of the spots were creative, but uh, it, it didn't really feel like a good match until all of the women were in the ring at the end, kind of going through the flow. As we build up to that point, the first ten to fifteen minutes of the match, it certainly did not feel like. Um, I don't want to say organized, but it didn't feel like it was going how they expected it to go. Uh, Gonzalez definitely looked good. No, no surprises there. Uh, but uh, talk about uh, that the, the end here. Are you surprised with who won or, or not? Um, no, in, in in the sense that this was very clearly uh, may, or okay. If you asked me like before the match, if I thought Corey J would get the pin, probably not. DJ Cassie pointed out that Corey Jade is hardcore. I thought I saw that going around tonight. Uh, as I said a minute ago, she definitely had a breakout. Uh, just performance overall here. So I thought that was good for her. Uh, a good way to build some new stars here. Uh, you mentioned the spot where EO tried to pop her shoulder back into place. Brian ever bring that, bring that up since EO broke character in doing so. I don't know. This was definitely one of those moments where it was hard to see. Like, what, obviously, it looked really rough. She landed right on her shoulder with a swanton bomb. Uh, she looked pretty, like, it was pretty, pretty rough. But then it's like, is she selling it, it, or is she actually hurt? You really couldn't tell. Um, and then with the popping the shoulder back, it's like, I feel like that's not, she's not really hurt. Cause like she was really hurt. I don't think they would do that. Um, but who knows, right? I could be wrong, but, uh, no, the, throughout what the match here, you know, as it kind of went on, this was very much kind of positioned for Cora Jade to be and quite literally Raquel Gonzalez said it in, in an interview that I was reading 
earlier this afternoon. She said, oh, I had a breakout moment last year at War Games, and I want to see Cora Jade do the same thing, kind of, you know, alluding to what we saw here. Cora Jade had a breakout moment, and now I even thought during the match itself, I was like, oh, it'd be kind of, it'd be kind of cool to have her feud with Mandy Rose coming out of this because she pinned Mandy Rose, I think that was two weeks ago in a, in a non-title match, so that would be a pretty easy... Uh, you know, pretty pretty easy um, progression here. So, no, this was definitely uh, a good way to build Cora Jade. DJ is saying that he said the past Cora Jade is money. So, um, they seem to be high on it. She's been pushed pretty pretty prominently during the the 2.0 era. Um, no, no no heel turns. You know, we have Stephen Chambers saying that he, among others, predicted that Cora Jade or somebody would would turn heel. That that wasn't the case. You know, we got through it. Kind of. Uh, as expected, both teams were remaining intact. So I thought this was very, very good. Nash was saying she likes uh, Corey Jade. DJ saying she'll be a next champion. So good, you know. I thought everyone got a chance to shine, and no one. I mean, they had uh, Jason Jane take the pin. That was, I thought that, that made sense. It's not like they had Mandy Rose get pinned. Dakota Kai looked strong. The whole arena was chanting. Sure. Not the whole arena, but yeah. a lot of people were chanting for Gigi Dolan once before she even got in the ring. So that was pretty cool, you know, yeah. unless you got that kind of following there. Um, so, yeah, you know, and again, other people saying kind of things they expect to see happen uh, with uh, Jason Michael Campbell saying he's expecting uh, Toxic Traction to turn on Dakota Kai to have some, like, inner team uh, dissension there. That didn't happen. We had just both teams going out there, remaining United fronts, surprisingly imagining two coexist there. So Yeah, I was going to um, say, what, what does it speak that now almost every show we expect there to be some kind of an issue with, with teams. That's just, you know, unfortunately they, they condition us to think that way. They're like every time they start to like lean on a certain trope or trend, I, I can I speak for myself that I start to kind of expect it. And then when it doesn't happen, I'm, I'm admittedly pleasantly surprised. I'm like, okay, good. You know, they, they didn't do that this time. Um, so no, I, I like that, you know, that they didn't just kind of, because that would have been a little just, predictable and, and just par for the course, I guess. So, but yeah, the big takeaway here from a lot of people is saying that Cora Jade definitely had a good uh, performance here, that she definitely stood out. Jeremy Hansen saying that she'd be the future of the women's vision overall. And I mean, that's high praise. I, I at least think she could be the future for NXT and we'll, we'll see what happens after that. But uh, I like this match. I, I thought it was a good way to open the show. And that's just saying she was, she loved the, the ladies open the show. I mean, I think they usually do. They usually have, uh, the women's yeah. open the show as far as like Nicole because it's a guaranteed way to start off with a, a, a very good match to start off with. I mean, she she's literally only twenty years old, yeah. so uh, they definitely are going to continue to build off of this, and I, I definitely think that we could see a title feud uh, sooner rather than later. I know we've already seen history between these two in, in the past couple of weeks tonight so how they build off of this going forward now that there, there was a big win i certainly think it is a is a case to be made for another title match which uh me and you can assume would be uh, one month from to from one month from yesterday on the january 4th tuesday episode of nxt which we think will be a new year's evil tv special we can't confirm that or they can, during the show yeah i think they yeah you're right they yeah. did yeah. yeah, so we, we know that we can look forward to that as the next uh, special show uh, of some sort for NXT. I would expect this match, especially, um, we'll talk about the main event later, but I think Champa versus Brown Breaker round two would be another 
fairly safe bet for that one, unless they want to talk about it even more. But we'll talk yep. about the main event much more uh, later on here. But as a nice segue, getting a lot of questions about the contract statuses of Johnny Gargano mm-hmm. and or Kyle O'Reilly. Lots to report about there. We'll take it uh, you know, one match at a time here. So we're talking about the NXT tag title match in which Kyle O'Reilly competed. I, before we talk about the contract stuff, I thought this was a very, very good match. I've been saying it for several weeks now. I really, really like Imperium. I think they're very, very underrated. Uh, they don't have like the best gimmick or, or personality or like promo skills necessarily. But in the ring, these guys are great. Fabian Eichner have a match. This guy had like this <laughs> really cool springboard like moonsault. He had this like corkscrew dive outside the ring. I was uh, talking to some people about it, and they're comparing him to like uh, a very uh, a more lightweight version of Cesaro. I thought that was a very good comparison. Uh, he was he's strong. He's got a good look. Very very athletic. Thought this was great. Uh, Imperium wins, but. Millie John, we talked about this on Tuesday. I very much under this match, like, okay, you know, Kyle Riley's probably going to leave. So there's pretty much no chance that uh, O'Reilly and Wagner are going to win here because that just wouldn't make sense. And yet, they still got me a couple points. There's, they're like, I think, two separate points where O'Reilly nearly choked, um, I think it was Eichner out. And I was like, are they going to do like this, like, shock tile change and maybe have them drop it back on Tuesday? Just messes us. I don't know. And they didn't. But the, to me, that's a sign of a very, very good match. At least for me, my criteria. It's like if you can really make me like get out of my own head and say like, "Oh wow, like I actually is," and fully buy in. That's that's very, very good. Brian Everett saying tag match killed it, um, and we'll have some more stuff about what happened after the match. But John, what do you think about this match overall with Imperium uh, retaining before we get into the the uh, eventful after after match scene? Well. Uh, I definitely want to say that if this would have been just a regular match on, say, NXT on Tuesday night, it would probably have been match of the night. Uh, although it's kind of overshadowed by, of course, some bigger matches tonight. Uh, this was certainly a good match. Imperium looked very strong, as you did mention there. Uh, but something just seemed off a little bit. As far as when Wagner was in the ring, uh, it... For one, the crowd definitely lost interest uh, when he was in the ring compared to when Kyle was in the ring, naturally. Yeah. Uh, secondly, it seemed that the action, the pace, the moves, it kind of just really slowed down when he was in the ring. Uh, I, I really think that he has a generic character right now. Very. I, he's I like, think a, he's like a creative wrestler from like the 2K games. Like I've just not seen it, man. I literally yes. asked somebody, I was like, does this guy have a gimmick? Yes, but the other three wrestlers did a very good job of making this a competitive, solid, respectable match. And then, of course, you saw what happened at the end. O'Reilly held up the Undisputed Era sign saying, like, you know, you can't turn on me. I've seen this before. I know what's going on here. Uh, but some people, like uh, Brian's mentioning here, saw it as kind of like a tribute. Some people saw it. Uh, I don't know why they would kind of think this, but some people saw it as like a shot that Kyle O'Reilly was taking, like a like a, I don't care what happens because I'm out of here, so I'm going to do whatever I want type thing. Uh, he is one guy that I do think is done uh, after – Tuesday, because I think they did announce a it was a cage, yeah. cage match yep. on Tuesday, which I fully expect O'Reilly to probably lose uh, and, and be his send off. So, uh, out of all of the questionable situations right now, I think the most solidified, at least in my eyes, is that uh, O'Reilly's done, uh, and I do think he will probably join the other two UE members in AEW, and who knows what they'll what they'll recreate there. Obviously, if they do create something. 
uh, WWE owns the right, so they can't call it that. Right. Uh, right. But, but we'll, uh, see. We'll, we'll all know. We'll all know. But no, yeah. that that I'm a, I didn't even really catch it. I was just, I was uh, writing up their match result, and I kind of looked down for a second. I saw that like the intended. Well, the funny part is, Von Wagner like try to turn heel, and this gets beat up by Kyle O'Reilly. I thought this seemed funny to me, especially again. I don't mean to knock the guy. I'm just like still not really seeing it. So then having one of my favorites here. Uh, O'Reilly just like have him scouted and, and leave him lying after he tried to turn heel on him. Oh, that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would agree. I mean, Gargano seems a little more up in the air, whereas Kyle Riley, it's like, okay, you know, he might be done on Tuesday. He got this cage match. They didn't officially announce it, but he did challenge Wagner. So I would pretty safely assume that that will be confirmed for the show. Um, and yeah, that's very much a, uh, Write him, write him out of out of the show kind of thing, you know, one last cage match to the, and have the whoever's saying wins, and that's just a very foundational wrestling thing. So Wagner would win, presumably he'd be a heel going, coming out of that because he'd be the guy that got rid of Kyle O'Reilly. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the writing on the wall there being that O'Reilly, if he leaves, we go to AW. There he could be with Adam Cole, but uh, Bobby Fish as a fan. I think that's very very cool. But we're talking about uh, NXT here, so with that. I thought this was very, very good. Michael Covington saying it was the match of the night. It was a very good tag team match. And he thought it was the best match of the night. And they, they're repeating that, saying shout out to uh, Fabian Eichner. Legs of a horse. You know, that guy, again, very, very impressive. If I wasn't there. Um, so, yeah, I'll, let's like focus on the match. Great match. And then, obviously, the uh, buzzworthy uh, come out for the match to give us something to look forward to or to, I guess, prepare for it if he is leaving on to come Tuesday. I do want to take a moment to, uh, as DJ Zing here, to shout out Beth Phoenix. She announced, I think, on Friday or so, this will be her final NXT show as part of the broadcast team. Uh, she's been there for, I think, about three years, two and a half years now, uh, on the team there, being a very constant member of the broadcast team throughout the pandemic, throughout the 2.0 revamp. So I thought she's done a great job. I've really enjoyed her work as a broadcaster on the, for the show. And now she's decided we'll, we'll move on to other things. She said she'll be staying with WWE, um, but she has uh, felt compelled to move to, to move on to something else. So with that, you know, obviously we'll show the best and want to you know give her credit because again, I thought she did a great job there, uh, and I added even more uh, even more emotion to tonight's show on top of the, the O'Reilly situation, Gargano in the main event, Brian saying that he's gonna miss Beth, and I will as well. I think she again I thought she did a great job there on NXT. I'm sure. Uh, if they add somebody or if they move somebody over, it'll be great as well. But we'll see what happens with that one. Um, after that, we had the hair versus hair match with Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson. Pretty much as you would expect here, Cameron Grimes got the win. Fairly good match. I thought Duke Hudson looked good. You know, held his own with, with a guy like Grimes. Uh, admittedly, this one was a weird one where I kind of thought, like, yeah, it would make sense to have Grimes win. But... Um, most of these matches, I kind of expected the the new quote unquote the new kids to win, where you'd kind of have the, the 2.0 guys uh, win and establish themselves. This one won against out. Grimes has been around for a while, and he got the win. Uh, Hudson tried to attack him after the match and shave him anyway. Grimes got the upper hand and wound up shaving Hudson, not necessarily bald, but gave him a, a fairly uh, noticeable haircut. John, what do you think about this match and the 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 fresh haircut for for Duke Hudson? Oh, I gotta admit that for me, this was probably one of the weak points of the night as far as matches go. Uh, uh, make no doubt about it. Uh, people have known how good Grimes is for uh, quite a while. Uh, this was Duke Hudson's like 
I don't want to say audition, but really his his chance to break out, as we talked about earlier. Uh, Grimes' win was not surprising for me, although I saw many people online that were surprised about it. I thought me and you had agreed last week that this was going to be pretty obvious that Grimes would win. Yeah. But a lot of people were upset that, hey, this night is about 2.0. Uh, this is about the new generation. But uh, this this it held its own against the rest of the show. But it was like I said, it was for me uh, a low point of the night. Uh, we'll see how it goes moving forward with uh, the new look that Hudson has. I'm surprised that they actually went through with this, and he somehow didn't run away or escape or something. Because this this genuinely, quite literally, gives him a new look. Yeah, I mean, DJ Cassier saying that he's uh, surprised, or maybe he thought more hair would have come off, is waiting for a stone cold, kind of bald head. Um, and that's like kind of what you would think for a hair versus hair match. But I mean, it's it's, it's not like he escaped like it's a, a trim of scissors. So like he raised his hair and, and there you go. Um, you know, but no, usually what, uh, you know, say what you, will, what you will about WWE, but when they do a hair versus hair match, from what I can recall, they usually actually do it they usually you know shave someone's head again even even if it's not totally bald they do it i mean i remember baron corbin used to have long hair and then he got his head shaved so now he's the the, the baldo we all know and love or not love but you know that that's it's it's i think more so like uh it's a pretty prestigious match type i forget the exact name but especially down like lucha, lucha libre culture it's very like serious like if you put hair on the line it's a big deal and they kind of try and play tribute to that uh with a match like this so it'd be weird to have them kind of insult that i guess you know it's a pretty serious thing at least in in universe i guess i don't know but um yeah i would agree you know it wasn't a bad match but when you have two very very good war games matches a very very good uh tag team title match and i'll say a a decent to good uh cruiserweight title match you know something's gotta be the one of the weaker points i thought this was probably up there um, I guess we can take a little, a little sidebar to talk about some of the things that we'll have to look forward to coming out of uh, tonight's show because they advertise a couple of things um, or advertise slash kind of develop a couple of things moving forward. Uh, Josh Hefner pointing out, we'll see who the shaman is on Tuesday. We will not have to wait much longer. That was one thing you and I had talked about where we thought we might see this tonight, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we didn't because a lot of the non-match things for me, Peacock just kind of like, skipped or or cut out a lot of the vignettes a lot of the character like character videos or uh video packages for the most well, maybe not the videos for that were for the matches but for most things that weren't like literally part of the show itself it's, i didn't see apparently there was one really bad jacket time vignette that i just didn't see at all apparently like people were really really down on it um so I'm not sure what happened there, but I mean, I'm not surprised that's bad because Jack Dime has not been booked very well recently. So um, they're doing things. But one thing we do know, one thing I did see was that the Shaman will be revealed on Tuesday. So we'll not wait much longer. Um, kind of curious to see what happens here. We've been talking about it. Don't really wish to sit here wondering blindly who's it going to be because we've already done that several times. I saw several tweets thinking it's going to be Rob Van Dam again. My initial guess of John Morrison is uh, out the window here, so not sure about that one. Francisco Nando predicting Ring of Honor star Dalton Castle could be it. Not sure about that, but anything's possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad we're going to be able to see who it's going to be because I'm tired of waiting. But uh, hopefully, it'll be hopefully it'll be good. And we were talking about that of some of these recent mysteries here. But with that, uh, thankfully, just about two more days till we find out whoever that is. Uh, any any last minute guesses there, John? Uh, I honestly don't really know. For some reason, there's been a lot of people online saying that they think it's Rob Van Dam. 
Uh, I, I just don't see that happening. It would be very odd if, if it was. Uh, I'm still kind of in on the boat of it being somebody that we haven't seen a lot of before. So not really a well-known name like John Morrison or Rob Van Dam or, or somebody like that. So that's that's what I'm going with. But uh, we have certainly been surprised before. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, that takes us to the Cruiserweight title match here with uh the Steve Jabers saying you know strong retains but why have a cruiserweight title if you don't have any cruiserweights and that is a very very valid criticism because uh I'm not sure but someone uh, tweeted like what that beyond just the, the challengers uh Roderick Strong is not even cruiserweight and I'm, I guess I'd overlooked that or wasn't aware of that I, I'm not quite sure exactly how much he weighs but um at the very least, you know, beyond him, definitely a lack of cruiserweights here. And that was the whole point kind of of this match here where, where Joe Gacy had said, you know, he wants to challenge for a title and, you know, he wanted to kind of break the 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 restrictions of the weight class uh, tied to the cruiserweight title. There was one report, I think, earlier this week that said that WWE was kind of looking to phase out the cruiserweight title. And I can't uh, validate or verify the uh, validity of that. But nonetheless, that added more like, on certain around this match of like, are they going to have Gacy win? Johnny and I even talked about this in theory of like, are they going to change it to the TV title or the, as Gacy had said, the all-inclusive title? At least not tonight because Roderick Strong won. As I said, I thought this was a pretty good match. Again, something had to be kind of one of the weak points of the show. And I thought this, along with the Grimes match, wasn't bad, but wasn't like out of this world either on a show. And he had some very, very good matches. Uh, with Brian Everett saying, you know, based on this result, God did not change the Cruiserway title. So yeah, I would. At least for now, you can probably safely expect to see the Cruiser title sticking around. Uh, and then I think that's a good thing because this is the title that they've already kind of written off or gotten rid of once before. So I hope that, <laughs> I want to say it stick around at least for a little longer. Uh, but Nando saying maybe they could say they could turn the 205 uh, cha- the Cruiser Championship into like an, an exhibition style title for any Impact fans out there. I think that'd be cool. But again, like they're they don't have a lot of these like real high flying kind of guys. Like, oh, not not they don't have any, but to have like a whole division like that, I just don't think they have the depth right there. Uh, but in the end, here Gacy definitely he did come up short, but I thought he looked good. I thought this was a chance for him to kind of prove he's more than a, more than a gimmick, and I thought he did. Hell, as long as the guy with Roderick Strong, I kind of like what John you were saying about the the Cameron Grimes match. I was admittedly a little surprised because I thought, oh, they might have Gacy win to really kind of cement, hey, you know, this is the 2.0 era where all the new guys are going to win. And this is definitely like the, the launch of a new generation. But with, with Roderick Strong winning, we have another kind of holdover from the the past generation. And lastly, here, Josh Hefner pointing out the strongest 200 pounds. So he is a legitimate Cruiserweight champion. There you go. John, what do you think about the Cruiserweight title match and the uh, persisting existence of the Cruiserweight title, let's say? Yeah, so uh, Gacy is billed as 245 pounds, so well over the 205. Uh, I thought the match was just kind of there tonight. Like, it was just on the card. They needed a fifth match, and this was the one. Both men are good in the ring. Both men are surrounded by uh, upcoming talent that are, are sure to play a pivotal role in the show. Uh, I just thought that the story was a little awkward. The pace of the match was a, a little really slow and really fast. It didn't really mesh together very well. But uh, I think more so than just Roddy and Gacy was, of course, uh, Ivy Nile and uh, Harland being involved. And, of course, you can't forget Bivens as well. So uh, this was just kind of, I think, a match that kind of tried to escalate 
more people to a higher level of the show. It wasn't really just about the two that were in the match. No, I thought it was good to have uh, Harland and um, and Ivan Nile have that kind of spot just so they're on TV in the spotlight like that. Um, you know, and 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 maybe to a degree that took some of the focus off the the match itself. But again, they're all about trying to build these these new stars, new characters here, and I think that they they did that. So I think that's a, that was a good outcome in that regard. And so I make off the green wasn't a wasn't a bad match, but it definitely wasn't as good as the rest here. It was a match. Um, maybe there'll be a rematch. Maybe they'll kind of keep this going here. I don't know, but at least for one night, Roderick Strong still the Wizard Champion, and there you go. So for me, this match, admittedly, I was a little just down on to begin with because I had this like this feeling in my gut. I'm like, we're one match away from the NXT War Games main event of Team Black and Gold and Team 2.0. And Johnny and I have been talking about for weeks, knowing this is coming, knowing that it's just I knew I knew I knew the 2.0 was going to win. Um, and there were several points where I thought. Oh, like maybe not. There's one point, especially late in the match, a DIY Gargano and Ciampa hit their finisher that I, I actually bought. I was like, oh my gosh, two, uh, Black and Gold's going to win and then we're going to you know, keep it going for a little bit. Although that would have been a whole other thing as well. Because uh, at some point, I'm I'm very, very sad at the fact that 2.01, but at the same time, like they've been so clearly going in that direction uh, that it would have been very, very weird to have Black and Gold win in that way. Uh, so Drift's going to like asking who won. Uh, it was Team 2.0, the new guys defeating the NXT Old Guard. To rewind here a little bit, Gargano comes out, and he's got the classic Rebel Heart theme. And to say that I teared up would not be an exaggeration. He was like, my gosh, this like they're just so clearly, like all signs point to him leaving. And that that especially, like, you know, one last tribute to, um, I don't want to say the, the peak of his NXT run, but definitely like kind of like he, that's when he was an NXT champion. That's when he really kind of broke out in a big way. So to kind of go back in time like that for for this match, for this this generational clash of old school and new school, uh, that definitely hit me. Uh, seeing DIY reunite and do, they had the, they had a, a sequence of double team moves in the match that definitely hit me. But I thought um, again, as disappointed and sad again of the outcome, I thought everyone. On Team 2.0, just had a, a great chance to shine. I think they capitalized. Grayson Waller, of all people, had a breakout match. He hit like this diving elbow drop off the cage. He looked pretty strong. He, you know, he had several chances to shine. Kamal Hayes is already a made man. I thought he looked great. Braun Breaker, he he enters his match. He single handedly destroys Team Black and Gold for a couple minutes, and then eventually he gets the pin on Champa. So that we'll talk about maybe the the aftermath of this, but definitely a big statement there. Um, Everyone in this match. LA Knight had a spot. He did a belly-to-belly -be -belly -belly suplex to a table, which is crazy. Um, and Pete Dunn's out there just brutalizing fingers, as he always does. So I think everybody got to kind of hit their beats and, and do their thing. And it was a very, very good main event, probably as, as best as I could ask for. Because, again, I as much as my, like my heart wanted it, I, I wouldn't have made sense to have uh, Team Black Gold win. And that's what Sean Lightcuff was saying. It was uh, the right team won. The right person went over with Breaker winning, and we do as, as he's saying, we do see the changing of the guard. One highlight, at least for me, especially as Ness is pointing out, Trick Williams was being a tricky dog, uh, having the, the 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 nerve to throw weapons uh, uh, into the ring and put, put him through the cage, and then he's reaching into the ring, and Dexter Loomis grabs him. He comes out. Dexter is back. Sex Dexy is back in NXT. We thought he'd be gone for a month, but thankfully he is back. And he chased Trick Williams, or he kind of made Trick Williams leave. You know, he ran away because he was scared. And uh, Loomis gave Papa John, his stepfather, John Gargano, an emotional thumbs up. And again, just like 
all these like signs and callbacks and all these things. A very, very good match. John, all things put together here. What did you think about this main event match? Uh, this main event match had the feel of a Donnie Gargano send-off from start to finish. Theme song, uh, DIY reunion, the Dexter Luna stuff, kind of everything that he's done in the past couple of years, the crux spot he had with Tommaso, uh, it certainly was the biggest highlight of the show. Uh, every single person, as you mentioned, had some kind of a spot. Uh, this... Uh, and we got to point out at the end of at the end of the show tonight. Uh, this might have been just for the live crowd, I think. Uh, Johnny Gargano did reveal that he would reveal everything on Tuesday. He would tell everything that he knows on Tuesday. So uh, maybe he announces on Tuesday that he's leaving, or, or something happens. But he did tell the live crowd of the show, and we've already had people commenting about it that this Tuesday night, Gargano will basically. He said, spill the beans and reveal everything. So let's see what he says. Could be good news, could be not, depending on, well, no matter what news it is, it could be good or bad for whoever, whatever side of the fence you're on. Some people are head over heels that they want him to leave and go somewhere else. Some people really want him to stay and move into the main roster. I think we everybody can agree that uh, no matter what happens, uh, I think his time in NXT is, is done. Uh, I think at this point it's main roster or bust. It's it's SmackDown, Raw, or or, or Indies, or pro- probably AEW. Uh, who knows? But other side other side of the thing here is that uh, his wife Candice does not have any expiration on her deal until they said at least next fall. So we near nearly a year that she'll still be with the company. Of course, now her contract is frozen, being that she's on uh, not going to have a baby. Uh, but she did stick around as long as as long as she could, just to kind of maybe not have that contract frozen earlier. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, and I, I do like Brian's thought here that maybe he does stay because of Candice, but we've seen that before not be an issue. So, right. uh, but as far as this match goes, back to the match, uh, Braun Breaker winning over the champion was uh, a very I think predictable ending to the show. Uh, this is definitely setting up New Year's Evil. Probably the final process of the passing of the torch. I think the first show of 2022 to really solidify that hey, this is officially we're we're, we're not no longer just in the starting phase of 2.0. Now that's all we know now is 2.0. So yeah. uh, of course the crowd was into a the entire match uh the table spots were entertaining waller with a very risky deadly looking spot uh overall i thought that it was a decent show compared to takeovers we've seen before uh certainly not the best certainly not the worst uh, i think an, an average takeover that would uh, exceed uh the typical nxt show we get on tuesday so uh, my advice to somebody that maybe was reluctant on watching NXT 2.0 when it started, uh, I would at least invest time into this takeover, uh, if not the entire thing. At least watch uh, the tag match and this main event match. And I, I'd go with the, the women's match at the beginning just to kind of see what like a little bit of a mix of the old and new. So those are the three matches that I would say, uh, if you're skeptical, just give them three to watch and then maybe see what happens after that. Uh, and then I, I, I would say tune in this Tuesday just because I think it's worth it to see what Tony Gargano has to say 
Uh, and then maybe that'll just turn people off even more. Maybe, <laughs> maybe him saying that he's going to stay will make people even happier. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my thought on the main event match there. I would agree. You know, uh, definitely maybe this, this match alone made, made the show worthwhile. We will talk a little more about the Johnny Gargano stuff after we give our rating for the show. Cause to me, that's the big, the big thing coming out of this. Uh, but before we rate the show itself, DJ is asking what we'd rate the Warriors matches just kind of individually for me. I would probably say maybe like a 7.3 for the women's war games match. That was pretty good. And I would say, if, I had, if I'm being honest, like, yeah, I was bummed by the ending, but like, I, I can't like knock the match for the ending if not being like exactly what I want to be emotionally. Again, that weird conflict there. For match quality itself, I would go like, an eight or an eight point five for the men's warriors. I thought it was great. Everyone shined. Everyone looked great. Everyone got their chance to do what they do. So with that alone, I would. Well, I'll get my rating for the overall show in a minute. But definitely propped up by those two strong organs matches. John, would you agree? And you, you were just kind of saying in a more vague sense. But if you had to put a number to it, uh, how how would you rate the the warriors warriors matches? Uh, I would have to say. A seven for the woman, a solid an average seven, and I would go for an eight point eight point seven five for the men. Nice. nice. Uh, well, talking about the show from an overall standpoint, uh, I have to go with a, a seven point seven five tonight. So a little above average. The two war games matches, particularly the men's and the tag match, were, were standout matches. Uh, now, of course, you might think, oh, 7.75 is a very high rating. Uh, I was in the range of typically giving 8 to 8.5 for takeovers before this. So make no mistake about it. It wasn't a, a takeover that was on par with the old ones. But hey, uh, for for uh, though that part of the audience that thought back in September, October, that we would not see a takeover at all the rest of the year, which was rumored, uh, we did get one, and it did deliver more than what I think people thought it probably would. So, I think we're kind of back, I think we're going to be back on that schedule now of maybe four takeovers a year. Uh, I expect to see one maybe again, if not, if, uh, if not Russ. Yeah, if not yeah. WrestleMania, maybe maybe around Vengeance Day, Valentine's Day, if they wanted to do that. But I'm going to say that the next takeover probably won't be until WrestleMania, which would be about three months, three and a half months. So yeah. that that's fine. That's fine. That's what AEW's been doing with their pay-per-views as well. It seems to work. Uh, yeah. Just keep the TV specials once a month. I think that that's all you need to do. I would agree. And uh, for me, ironically, I've made it no secret that I, I missed NXT of old. I'm, and even with that, I say... I thought tonight's show was very on for me. It was very on par with some of the angsty takeovers that I can remember, uh, like Stand and Deliver. Some of the other ones we've seen in at least in recent memory. Maybe not like peak NXT uh, Black and Gold era, but maybe some of the later ones. I thought very much in line with them. Like um, Takeover was at 36 in August. Very much in line, in line with that. Definitely not a drop off or anything. Uh, or at least not, definitely not a steep one. So I thought it was a pretty good show. With uh, with Nash, I think she'll give it an eight. With DJ giving it a nine, Brian with a seven, Nando with an eight point five, and saying goodbye to the old NXT. Nestor repeats her eight. Michael with an eight point five as well. Um, so I would say, for like especially considering we've been sitting here for quite a while now, of kind of being fairly down on NXT overall, um, pleasantly surprised, admittedly, uh, and also for me coming out of the show feeling 
pretty sad about you know again this this full transition to the to the uh to the new era luke gotta start giving a horse and a peach <laughs> saying he hasn't watched the next season september doesn't plan watching anytime soon well luke we appreciate you tuning into the show hopefully we can keep you entertained and tell you what you need to know about nxt at least Tony with a nine as well. There, uh, there are certainly people out there that are just they, 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 they literally just do not like change. They don't handle change well. They're, I don't want to say stuck in their ways because that's not true, but they're just so maybe entertained or enjoying something, and then all of a sudden they change it, and it's like, wait a minute, why, why, why are, why are we changing this if we didn't need to? And I certainly get that, and I'm not saying that tonight has been a turn of the page where oh now you need to watch 2.0 because tonight was so good that's not the case but i think it it's better than it was and as these and i, I know i know you're you're a part of that crowd because <laughs> yeah, uh but the thing is these these people were going to the main roster and I, I wouldn't say they were flopping and if they were it was because of creatively it just was their fault but i think being able to kind of tailor your own guys how you want them to be from NXT will make them more successful in the main roster. Uh, it, 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 it certainly will be sad if uh, they do this and people like Braun Breaker go to the main roster and the same thing happens. Um, and of course, like I said, people have their opinions. Luke says, you know, better than it was. What are you smoking? I'm not saying I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's better than the original NXT. I'm saying 2.0 now. Is better than 2.0 was when it started in October, September, whatever it was. I'm not saying it's better than Black and Gold. I'm saying 2.0 has gone better than when it first started. And I think everybody can agree at least on that because the faces are they're settling in more. They're they're being more exposed to the crowd. They're becoming more popular. I, I don't even know if any of them have merchandise for sale because I I don't, I don't see it. But they, the, they they do the the uh the two point commercial. They have the the brand yes. sweatshirts, and I think they have. I think at least a guy like Braun Breaker probably managed. Like, who's gonna to... buy an NXT two point pullover hoodie? What, why would you want to wear that? Like, I don't understand. I would not. So <laughs> we not. we'll see. Uh, talking of points I have coming out of this are, what does Johnny Gargano say on Tuesday? That's the biggest thing right now. Secondly, with all of these matches, we're gonna we're, we're assuming we're gonna get between Tommaso Braun, Cora, and Mandy. Uh, are they gonna announce those for New Year's Eve, or are we gonna see them before that? I would I would have to imagine they're gonna hold off Braun Champa for New Year's Eve. Probably Mandy as well. They could probably blow that up. That's only you said uh, less than a month from yesterday, so that's what four TVs ish, not even. So. You know that's not all that hard to, to build up on a two-hour show uh especially maybe we'll do on the go home like the the, the, the good old you know video whatever what used to be called like the video package they used to do um i think they could just do that build that up but yeah i mean it's tough you know for me i do i do the show it's my job to watch the show it's my job to cover the show um if i were not paid or employed to watch partially part of my responsibility to watch this show i would probably stop watching assuming this is where they're going especially after new year's evil where, where i would assume breaker's going to be chompa because to me that is the last like the last gasp of the old nxt um and i probably wouldn't watch live every week i'd probably like kind of 
do the, do the good old YouTube and then maybe catch some of the, the full matches as I, as I see fit. Tune in as I, as I see fit. But uh, there, there, there's some good things here, you know. And oh, before I get to that, uh, not just saying RP, the yellow and black will miss you. We will miss you again. It's 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 tough, man. Like, I, especially tonight, Johnny Gargano potentially leaving. Although, as you said, John, not sure what he's going to say on Tuesday, but you would think will be newsworthy and, and worthwhile. So kind of keep uh, tuning in for that one. But DJ pointing out, it's a weird hybrid of like, you know, the, the original XC isn't dead because you've still got some of the new original guys there, at least for now. Even if Gargano and O'Reilly leave, you've got Champa, um, Grotic Strong still there. You've got someone like a Raquel Gonzalez who, who still kind of rose to uh, pre- prevalence during the, the Black Gold era. It's not, it's this weird kind of, uh, hybrid of the two, but it's definitely this. Um, it's a shift, right? It's, it's a shift in philosophy. John, you were saying it's about you know building the stars for the main roster more so than they had been. And that's very fair. And if they, if they, if, they, if they do it well, if it works out, good. And DJ, I overlook Dakota Kai, definitely her as well. Um, Brian's saying he misses old, old NXT, but he's coming around, and I, I commend you for that. And I would, as John, as you had said, I think it's getting better. I just, I am, admittedly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grouchy old man. Okay, I, 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 I just, I, I liked, loved the ex, old NXT so much, and this just isn't it. And I'm coming around in the sense like I'm not so like negative on it, but like in terms of my overall enjoyment, it's like, no, it's you know, my my loyalties lie where they do, and and that's where I kind of come off on it. But uh, to wrap up at least a little bit here, back to the Gargano stuff. People are wondering what what he's going to do. That's just saying maybe he'll take time off and come back. You know, take time off to be with his wife and baby. Um, possible, right? Again, we never know what any one person's thinking when it comes to contracts, when it comes to their careers. We are sitting here very firmly on the outside, having no idea what anybody wants or what they are, what they want to do, what what they are going to do. Um, so. I, he's sitting here today. It's entirely possible that Johnny Gargano could be re-signing and be back on NXT next week. It's possible he could, be, he could be taking time off. It's possible he might be off the door and leaving. Same thing for Kyle O'Reilly. Although O'Reilly, admittedly, has less variables in play of like, he doesn't have a pregnant wife who's still employed by the company. Uh, he doesn't, and for O'Reilly, he has incentives to leave because he does have Adam Cole and uh, Bobby Fish over in AEW. So that you can't ignore that. Uh, but we're talking about. Uh, Johnny and Candace here. DJ is saying, did you just saying if you assume they're going to stay together, you know, in terms of working to get working in the same place? DJ is pointing out you have uh, Ty Valkyrie, John Morrison. To be fair, they both got released, you know, but oh, you know, at the same time, you know, she left Impact Wrestling before, before you know, before she came to WWE, and, uh, and as a professional move, but you know, to to at least in in one way to be where John John Morrison was, so. Again, you never know. You never know. Uh, Michael Gubbins saying it's time for Johnny with Austin Theory and Raw, Candace pregnant, and Andy and Dexter doing their own things. It's time to make that change. I'm not quite sure what he means, whether that's uh, moving to the main roster or leaving entirely. I'm not quite sure, but it definitely feels like a, a fitting time for change, all things around here. Uh, and another one, you know, DJ saying maybe he'll, he should be on the main roster. You know, he had Dark Ratchet on SmackDown. Um, so that would seem to kind of suggest that, you know, he, he could be going to SmackDown at some point. Um, although that's kind of scenario. They, I, don't, I think, actually, I don't, I don't think Adam Cole did. I think he had, he had meetings, not, not dark matches, but they at least had dark matches with uh, Gargano and O'Reilly trying, trying to scout them to potentially see if they would want to do that, uh, have them on the main roster at some point. But we just don't know. That is really the moral story. As much as, as we might wish we could say here tonight, I, I, we know that this is going to happen. We don't. We know they'll be on NXT this week, presumably. 
uh, but we don't know for for certain what, what that's going to mean. Nonetheless, that does mean that NXT this week will definitely be, uh, dare I say, even more worthwhile than, than normal. John, you had said a couple yeah. weeks ago, like, even for that alone, you're just like, okay, we got to tune in to see what John is going to say. Uh, if O'Reilly, presuming he doesn't lose, like, is he going to have like this send off on the show? Or is that you have a feeling that what he's going to do is probably going to open the show, Johnny, or maybe close the show, and then O'Reilly may be the opposite of that. So, yeah. But whatever does happen. We'll be here on Tuesday to talk about all of it here on the NXT Post Show. Uh, otherwise, John, uh, you, you will now be back here on Monday night to talk about Monday Night Raw. Robert, Robert D. Felice and I will be back here on Friday as scheduled for the SmackDown Post Show. Otherwise, the two Diamond Dudes on the Rampage will also have all things AW covered. They'll be doing a show tomorrow night, so make sure to tune in for that. And otherwise, we've got a great stream of interviews constantly coming out to you guys, whether that's Joe Persevius interviewing. Uh, Booker T. I've interviewed many Ring of Honor stars ahead of their pay per view this weekend. Dominic uh, D'Angelo recently interviewed uh, several NXT stars. Uh, sorry, several M MLW stars. Forgive me. Uh, lots of interviews, all all on stream. So make sure to leave a like and subscribe. We appreciate you. Um, we can hope for a, a very fun, eventful, and good week of wrestling here, starting overall on Monday. And with that being said, we thank you all so very much for listening. Your support means so very much. I genuinely appreciate it. It makes a night like tonight when I am. Very bummed out. <laughs> Easier to get through, um, you know, to talk about with you all and to hear your thoughts and to hear, bounce my my ideas off John and vice versa. So with that, we're back here on Monday to talk about Raw, whatever that may bring. And with that being said, John, on a night like tonight, when maybe things are a little rough or when things are at their best, we try to do one thing above all others that wrestling can, can you tell me what that is. Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.